0: Welcome back. Damian Watson with you here on SEM. Feel free to text it at any time. 0433 11 16, Right around the country on your home of sport. It's time to talk cricket. And the England v India test series will shortly reach its conclusion after an England implosion leaves India with a 2-1 series lead. It's been an entertaining series. No question about that. Also, a lot happening on the domestic front as well, with doubts circling surrounding the Australia v. Afghanistan test match and also the start of the domestic fixture. We got a little bit of an insight earlier on in the last 24 hours as to how at least the start of the domestic season may play out. Victoria and New South Wales, obviously, with the COVID situation, may have to wait a little while to get their Sheffield Shield campaigns underway. Joining us to discuss the latest cricket news, as always, is our man on the spot, Andrew Menzel, from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Thanks for your time, betters.
1: Yes, good evening, listeners.
0: Now, just in regards to the England v India Test Series, I'm sure you've been glued to the TV screen as well. That fourth test, another collapse this time. England losing their last eight wickets for 69 runs to implode in that fourth Test match. What caused a collapse from your perspective?
1: Uh, Some terrific bowling by India and and a fine performance in that Test match. India battling back from almost 100 runs first inning deficit to setting under a pretty stiff total, and then they bowled magnificently on the last day. Some some great bowling in particular by Jasper Bumrah, who was getting the ball to reverse swing. You also saw a Ravindra Jadeja J- with some good spin bowling, so yeah, terrific performance by India. Their first win at the Oval in 50 years, so I think they would have celebrated pretty hard.
0: Yeah, it's quite a momentous occasion for them. It's not quite the Surav Ganguly celebrations where he took his shirt off and waved it around. You might remember back in 2002 when mm. Andrew Flintoff did the same thing. I wonder if that... Uh, it's a shame that's not a tradition anymore in the cricket between those two countries because they've had their rivalries. Uh, just on England's batting depth, do you have concerns regarding their depth outside of Joe Root?
1: Most certainly. I still think their top order looks a little bit better with the changes they made. For the third and fourth tests, Haseeb Hamid made a good half century in the second innings, trying to save the game. Darwood Milan looks pretty good at number three, but yeah, I mean, there's big concerns about their batting, and Ben Stokes possibly going to miss miss the Ashes, and uh, maybe some other players opting out of the tour. Um, who knows what sort of lineup they could have? But I guess just looking at the Ashes, I mean, Australia's batting lineups know. Great, not great at the moment and they're struggling to find batters outside sort of Labashane and Smith um, so yeah could they could be pretty even.
0: You mentioned some of the Indian bowlers before, who stood out to you most this series? I
1: think Boomer's just gone from strength to strength in that test match, he took his 100th test wicket and he was the fastest Indian quick bowler to do it, it took him only 24 tests, he overtook Kapil Dev who'd taken 25 <laughs> tests and He's just a master boomer, and he was well supported by Umesh Yadav, who they brought into the lineup. He got some crucial wickets. and uh, This Indian team, we've seen it um, in Australia and we're seeing it in England. They do hunt as a the pack, um, they, their bowling unit really suffocates the opposition, much like Australia did when uh, we were at our zenith. So, um, yeah, great performance.
0: The other thing that stands out to me, too, Miners, is the capacity to play well. In terms of endurance into a fifth day, I mean their fifth day record in the last twelve months has been excellent.
1: Yeah, that's right. They play the game at their own pace, and they've come to a a pretty good spot where they think if they can get the game into the fifth day, then they can sneak a result. And they're the farm. They're far more adventurous than than England. England were just too defensive, trying to save the game. They would have been better off going for the win. And um, yeah, India playing very well, and all, all with their coaching staff basically in hotel isolation after contracting COVID. Ravi Shastri, the head coach, has COVID nineteen, and so do two of his support staff. So they're going to miss the next test. Um, so despite um, despite that significant upheaval, you can imagine if you know on a during a test match, Justin Langer and his um, <laughs> well, I would just I would I'll stop that because I think the players might be okay with that.
0: <laughs> well there's certainly a lot to play out before the ashes series as we know who's going to win the fifth test though between england and india who are you staking your claim on
1: oh, i hard to pick because we saw after the third test uh, the the second test in england bounced back with a great performance and it's both england are inconsistent if they get the conditions in old Trafford. With some overhead cloud and James Anderson gets the Dukes ball moving they could upset India and bowl them out for a low total again but you have to say India are the strong favourites.
0: Speaking with Andrew Benzel from the Cricket Filter podcast just some news coming to hand in the last few hours the federal government has announced they're pulling its support of the Australia v Afghanistan test match which is scheduled I think for late November in Hobart due to the political situation unfolding in Afghanistan and the uh, I guess the fact that uh, the new regime, which has come to hand, is not supportive of women playing sport, or that's the uh, reporting anyway. That's just come through. Uh, what are your thoughts in in that sense? It's a shame, isn't it, uh, that it's all come about in this way.
1: Oh, well, it's, it's a real shame for the Afghanistan cricket team that they won't get the test match. But we, I don't think Australia has any choice but to do something oh, like agree. this. There's no way. There's no way we can play. Um, Uh, Afghanistan, if they want to fly the Taliban flag, and they're basically going to stop women playing cricket. And I think now the sort of ball's in the ICC's court. Afghanistan are due due to take part in the T20 World Cup uh, beginning in October in the UAE. And I'm just not sure they should be allowed to compete in that tournament. Uh, Could you have Afghanistan walk out in a World Cup match with the Taliban flag raised and? women banned playing cricket in their country? I don't think so. So I think um, the ICC have some big decisions to make.
0: Absolutely. I just want to talk to you about the English summer as well, just going back to that. I mean, we had the 100. We've had this test series, which has been absorbing between England and India. And as we know, the Indians love their cricket and they have a high population count in England. So the following has been significant you think uh, there's been a bit of reinvigoration of cricket in... Obviously, you're not there at the moment and neither am I, but just looking from afar, has there been a bit of reinvigoration in terms of enthusiasm for the game of cricket in England based on the crowds and everything like that, considering it's been up against some stiff competition for eyeballs with the Olympics and also the start of the EPL season?
1: Yeah, I think it's been a magnificent summer for England and maybe there's a little bit of a COVID-19 bounce back where people you know couldn't go and watch live cricket last summer at all in England all the games were played in behind closed doors in in a couple of grounds where there was a hotel so maybe there's just that sort of yearning to get out and see some live cricket I know um, last summer in Australia when we were allowed crowds in Sydney they really filled up the SCG because people were desperate to get out and see some action and I think, that you know, the 100 and the, this test series against India have just been uh, fantastic, and no wonder people are turning up.
0: Speaking with Andrew Benzel from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, uh, the Sydney Funder has announced they've signed Sam Billings to return Billings to the Big to to the Bash, bash, the but, big bash. Uh, plenty depends on England's international selection and whether he gets a call-up. Do you think he could get the call-up?
1: Perhaps. It's hard to tell how many, how many players are going to opt out of tours and stuff, but he's certainly in the mix. I love the selection of Alex Hales for the Thunder. I think he's a great pick, and Usman uh, Kawaija as captain. Really, um, you know, makes that a pretty formidable lineup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just in terms of the domestic suburb and the schedule as well, there were a couple of changes announced in the last twenty-four hours. So basically, Victoria and New South Wales may have to wait. There were reports earlier this week from News Corp that they may be playing some matches of the Northern Territory, those two teams, in the early part of the Shield season. But as we know, in terms of the confirmation matches at the moment, uh, there's going to be a Marsh Cup and Marsh Sheffield Shield match, respectively, played between South Australia and WA and also Queensland and Tasmania towards the end of this month. And we don't know anything beyond that. Uh, have you heard any other whispers?
1: No, I haven't heard anything else. That seems to be... I'm pretty sensible with the way the borders are that those teams can match up and play. I wonder if they'll end up playing each other twice, almost a couple, get a couple of rounds out of the way. And um, I guess the other question is the WBBL that's scheduled yeah. to start next month. What
0: do you think? They
1: won't be able to play the schedule as it stands because they're supposed to start in Sydney. So I think there's a resistance to do another hub like they did last year. So so they'll probably look at doing something like the Men's Big Bash did last year and travel around in a sort of travelling circus and hit the areas where you can have crowds and you can play the cricket. So maybe they'll start, say, somewhere like Tasmania and play some games there and then move to Adelaide and so on.
0: Do you think they could... I mean, regional Victoria is going to open up. I think there's still border restrictions, but I noticed with Victoria in particular, a lot of the games, the bulk of the games that are scheduled already for Victoria are going to be in the regional areas, not actually in the metropolitan area. Could they still get away with matches, do you think, in the regional areas?
1: Well, most certainly, I think, if the government's willing to give exemptions to the players to get in and out, then anything's a possibility. Uh, but as you know, it changes every day, and it depends on how premiers are, yeah. are going with their constituents. And I think if I was um, you know, Cricket Australia administrator right now, I'd be pulling my hair out.
0: It's a tough job, isn't it? No question about that. Uh, just in relation to the Shield, uh, do you think there's going to be some sort of effect on preparation because we're coming into an Ashes series? Do you think that the the schedule the moving parts of the schedule could have an adverse effect?
1: I don't think so. I think they'll make sure that they get enough red ball cricketing so the players are prepared. I think we might see some Marsh fifty over one day cup matches fall by the wayside in the early part of the season, but I think I'll get enough cricket away. Um, you know, there's some Australia A stuff scheduled, and if, if all that goes ahead, they, they should be okay.
0: Oh, fair enough. Well, is really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Damien. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
1: In. When making the double chicken deluxe at Maccas, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it.